0: hi i'm alex welcome to reading poorly before i get to chapter two of 12 years a slave um, i will say i did look it up in between episodes and it did win best picture at the oscars and it was i uh, it won a couple other like best adapted and um something else i don't remember and it was nominated for a ton um And I think, if I remember correctly, Chiwetel Ejiofor, the the star, um, got a BAFTA for best actor. So um, he was nominated for the Oscar as well. But so yeah, it definitely got some some award notice. Um, So I probably need to watch the movie. I'll wait until I'm done with the book. Um. Anyway, Chiwetel Ejiofor—it's either Chiwetel or Chiwetel or Chiwetel or something like that. Chiwetel Ejiofor um, is is a really good actor. I've only seen him in a few things, but the thing I remember him most for is Serenity, the uh, the movie follow up slash conclusion to the uh, short lived Firefly TV show. Um, But it's good in that too, so I'm sure he's very different. Anyway, here we go, Twelve Years a Slave, Chapter Two. One morning, towards the latter part of the month of March, 1841, having at the, having At that time, no particular business to engage my attention, I was walking about the village of Saratoga Springs, thinking to myself where I might obtain some present employment until the busy season should arrive. Anne, as was her usual custom, had gone over to Sandy Hill, a distance of some twenty miles, to take charge of the culinary department of Cheryl's Coffee House during the session of the court. Elizabeth, I think, had accompanied her... Margaret and Alonzo were with their aunt at Saratoga. Oh yeah, I forgot about the kids. I was like, who's Elizabeth? Then I'm like, oh yeah. Um, On the corner of Congress Street and Broadway, near the tavern then, and for aught I know to the contrary, uh, still kept by Mr. Moon, I was met by two gentlemen of respectable appearance, both of whom were entirely unknown to me. I have the impression that they were introduced to me by some one of my acquaintances, but who I have in vain endeavored to recall will remark that I was an expert player on the violin. At any rate, they immediately entered into conversation on that subject, making numerous inquiries touching my proficiency in that respect, my responses being to all appearances satisfactory. They proposed to engage my services for a short period, stating at the same time I was just such a person as their business required. Their names, as they afterwards gave them to me, were Merrill Brown and Abram Hamilton. Uh, Though whether these were their true appellations, I have strong reasons to doubt. The former was a man apparently... uh, forty years of age, somewhat short and thick set, with a countenance indicating shrewdness and intelligence. He wore a black frock coat and black hat, and said he resided either at Rochester or at Syracuse. The latter was a man of fair complexion and light eyes, and, I should judge, not or had not passed the age of twenty five. He was tall and slender, dressed in a snuff coloured coat, Snuff colored, so brown, chewing tobacco, I assume, or something, I don't know. Um, with a glossy hat and vest of elegant pattern. Glossy is probably velvet, I guess. The vest of elegant pattern. Um, his whole apparel was in the extreme of fashion. Ooh. His appearance was somewhat effeminate, but prepossessing, and there was about him an easy air that showed he had mingled in the world. Um, they were connected, as they informed me, informed me, with a circus company. Okay, then in the city of Washington, that they were on their way uh, thither to. Re- Let me back up real quick. Um, that they were, yeah, that they were on their way thither to rejoin it, having left it for a short time to make an excursion northward for the purpose of seeing country, oh, the country, and repaying their expenses by an occasional exhibition. They also remarked that they had found much difficulty in procuring music for their entertainments, and that if I would accompany them as far as New York, they would give me one dollar for each day's services and three dollars in addition for every night I played at their performances. Um, besides sufficient uh, to pay the expenses of my return from New York to Saratoga. At once I accepted the tempting offer, both for the reward it promised and from a desire to visit the metropolis. They were anxious to leave immediately. Thinking my absence would be brief, I did not deem it necessary to write to Anne whither I had gone. There, it was going to be a few days, at least. In fact, supposing that I ret- or that my return perhaps would be as soon as hers. I guess she was gone, yeah. So taking a change of linen and my violin, I was ready to depart. The carriage was brought round, a covered one drawn by a pair of noble bays, altogether forming an elegant establishment. Um, everything I learned about horses, I learned from the Wheel of Time. <laughs> series. Robert Jordan. I think I may have mentioned it uh, before. Um, I actually can't remember what a bay is, but um, I do recognize the term. Um, I know, what was it? Mare is a female horse. Uh, Bay might be. Is, Is a bay the steer of the horse world? No, that doesn't sound right. Maybe it is. I don't know um anyway there we go their baggage consisting of three large trunks was fastened on the rack and mounting to the driver's seat while they took their places in the rear i drove away from saratoga on the road to albany elated with my new position and happy as i had ever been on any day in my all my life we passed through Boston. Not, I'm not saying Boston, Massachusetts. Ballston, B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N. <laughs> we passed through Ballston, and uh, striking the Ridge Road, as it is called, if my memory correctly serves me, followed it direct to Albany. Uh, we reached that city before dark and stopped at a hotel southward from the museum. This night I had an opportunity of witnessing one of their performances, the only one during the whole period I was with them. Hamilton was... Any relation? Um, Hamilton was stationed at the door. I formed the orchestra while Brown uh, provided the entertainment. Actually, probably not, because I think Hamilton's only kid died early. I think Philip was the only one. Yes, I've seen the musical. <sighs> but that is basically all I know about Alexander Hamilton. So I am legitimately unsure about uh, you know the rest of his legacy and life and that stuff. Um so okay Hamilton was stationed at the door I formed the orchestra a very small orchestra <laughs> while brown provided the entertainment it consisted in throwing balls dancing on the rope frying pancakes in a hat ooh, uh, causing invisible pigs to squeal and other like feats of ventriloquism and led- ledger domain Legitiming? uh, I don't know. You know, fun stuff. (laughs) Um, The audience was extraordinarily sparse, and not of the selectest character at that, and Hamilton's report of the proceeds presented but a, quote, beggarly account of empty boxes early next morning we renewed our journey the burden of the conversation now was the expression of an anxiety to reach the circus without delay they hurried forward without again stopping to exhibit Uh, and in due course of time we reached new york taking lodgings at a house on the west side of the city in a street running from broadway to the river I supposed my journey was at an end, and expected, in a day or two at least, to return to my friends and family at Saratoga. Brown and Hamilton, however, began to importune me to continue with them to Washington. They alleged that immediately on their arrival, now that the summer season was approaching, a circus would set out for the North. They promised me a situation, and... Um, Sorry, just to say this summer okay. Uh, they promised me a situation and high wages if I would accompany them. Largely did they ex- expatiate, ex- exp- expatiate I don't know Expediate on the advantages that would result to me. and such were the flattering representations they made that I finally concluded to accept the offer. The next morning they suggested that inasmuch as we were about entering a slave state, it would be well before leaving new york to procure free papers the idea struck me as a prudent one though i think it would scarcely have occurred to me had they not proposed it we proceeded at once to what i understood to be the custom house they made oath to certain facts showing um, i was a free man the paper was drawn up and handed to us with the direction to take it to the clerk's office we did so and the clerk having added something to it uh, for which he was paid six shillings we returned again to the custom house uh, some further formalities were gone through uh with or oh, were gone through with before it was completed when okay i'm going to pause this very long sentence um or at least it seems long um i stumbled uh they they were gone through with before it was completed um because of the pr- the lack of prepositional phrase with that preposition <laughs> it the uh, formalities were gone through with so gone through with was actually the verb it was a three word verb there and it just threw me off that is why grammar exists is <laughs> to make things more understandable and easier to flow um and i try and, okay no i don't try i'm kind of a grammar snob um but i i, I am in the camp of when either having conversation, or when trying to sound conversational in text, it is okay to break the rules um, to, you know, convey, certain things like um or art well i mean convey things uh, that aren't necessarily inherent in the words so you know a casualness or an expedience or um a dialect or uh you know origin of the of the speaker that kind of thing um so i'm not saying that you know everyone always has to have great grammar but the purpose of grammar is to have like a standard way of speaking because if you have a standard way of speaking or not just speaking if you have a standard way of communicating then everyone know or you know everyone who um has adopted the standard can understand each other right um so with this the reason i stumbled on it was because i was not expecting with to be the end of a verb I was expecting it to be the beginning of a phrase, and it wasn't. So it just felt weird to say it didn't flow well. Um, and I'm not saying... I'm certainly not... I mean, this is up to David whatever his name was, um, the editor, more than Solomon Northrup, I am sure. Um, but uh, there are definitely... Um, there are definitely times when people, you know, don't follow grammar rules when you can totally tell what they're saying. That's fine, whatever, you know, on social media or um, well, definitely on Twitter because character limits and stuff. But um, and you know not, that stuff isn't as big of a deal. But then you get to a point where you're like, dude, I have no idea what you just said, or I had to read this six times in order to think I might know what you're saying. That that's where things completely fail. Right. So um, it's not that everyone has to strictly adhere to all possible grammar rules. It's like, these are the rules. You should know them question mark, and you should follow them question mark. And the purpose is to be able to be understood. (laughs) Cause if you're just like, see, and I'm not even good at randomly saying things. I was trying to think of a way to just blurt out random words that, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't compose anything <laughs> off the top of my head. At least I'm not a great improviser. Um, I can't compose anything off the top of my head. That would be a good example of something that might be intelligible to me. That would be completely like off the wall to everyone else. So, um, maybe I'll come up with an example for the next time. I don't know. We'll see, but <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to start that sentence over again. Some further formalities were gone through, er, were gone through with, see, I did it again. Uh, even through is a, is a preposition and, and I expected gone through for some reason, but not gone through with some further formalities were gone through with, but, oh, and then there's the passive voice thing, which can muddy waters. Not to be confused with Muddy Waters, the, the musician. Okay, this is the last time I'm going to read this particular phrase. Some further formalities were gone through with before it was completed. When, paying the officer $2, I placed the papers in my pocket. By the way, I'm pausing at the commas so you know how many there are. And started with my two friends to our hotel. Um, Okay, I thought at the time, I must confess, that the papers were scarcely worth the cost of obtaining them, the apprehension of danger to my personal safety never having suggested itself to me in the remotest manner. Well, yes, you were born free, in a free state. Um, The clerk, to whom we were directed, I remember, made a memorandum in a large book, which I presume is in the office yet. Um, a reference to the entries during the latter part of March are, or 1st of April, 19, er, I keep saying 19, or at least thinking 19, 1841, I have no doubt will satisfy the incredulous, at least so far as this particular transaction is concerned. With the evidence of freedom in my possession, the next day after our arrival in New York, we crossed the ferry to Jersey City and took the road to Philadelphia. Uh, we were here. We remained one night, continuing our journey towards Baltimore early in the morning. In due time, we arrived in the latter city and stopped at a hotel near the railroad depot, either uh, kept by a Mr. Rathbone or known as the Rathbone House. All the way from New York, their anxiety. New York is always hyphenated. That's weird. But okay. All the way from New York, their anxiety seemed to reach the circus. Er, their anxiety to reach the circus seemed to grow more and more intense. We left the carriage at Baltimore and entering the cars proceeded to Washington at which or at which place we arrived just at nightfall the evening previous to the funeral of General Harrison and stopped at <laughs> Gatsby's Hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue not to be confused with Gatsby. Uh, the Great Gatsby, J. Gatsby, spelled G-A-T-S-B-Y. This is Gadsby, G-A-D-S-B-Y. <laughs> this is not West Egg, people. After supper, they called me uh, to their apartments and paid me $43, a sum greater than my wages amounted to, which, act of generosity, was in. Uh, consequence they said if they're not having exhibited as often as they had given me to anticipate during our trip um, oh not having exhibited as often as they had given me to to anticipate during our trip from Saratoga they didn't perform as much so they felt they should give him more um, the the exhibited uh us yeah, use that verb a couple of times for that I just I'm thinking. Uh, of it not as a performance but like they weren't exhibiting caution they weren't exhibiting apprehension or you know like a, a state of mind or state of being Th- that's how i interpreted it at first uh, they moreover informed me that it had been the intention of the circus company to leave washington on the next morning but that on account of the funeral they had concluded to remain another day They were then, as they had been from the time of our first meeting, extremely kind. No opportunity was omitted of addressing me in the language of um, approbation, while, on the other hand, I was certainly much prepossessed in their favor. I gave them my confidence without reserve, and would freely have trusted them uh, to almost any extent. Their constant conversation and manner towards me, their foresight in suggesting the idea of free papers, and a... hundred other little acts unnecessary to be repeated all indicated that they were friends indeed sincerely solicitous for my welfare i know not but they were um i think that means i don't know if they really are i may have inflected it badly to um to make it sound like that but Um, I know not, but they were innocent of the great wickedness of which I now believe them guilty. Oh, well, there we go. Um, Whether they were accessory to my misfortunes, subtle and inhuman monsters in the shape of men, designingly luring me away from home and family and liberty for the sake of gold, those who read these pages will have the same means of determining as myself if they were innocent my sudden disappearance must have been unaccountable indeed but revolving in my mind all the attending circumstances i never yet could indulge towards them so charitable charitable a supposition after receiving the money from them of which they appeared to have an abundance they advised me not to go into the streets that night inasmuch as i was unacquainted with the customs of the city promising to remember their advice i left them together and soon after was shown by a colored servant to a sleeping room in the back of the hotel on the ground floor i laid down to rest thinking of home and wife and children and the long distance that stretched between us until i fell asleep but no good angel of pity came to my bedside bedside bidding me to fly no voice of mercy forewarned me in my dreams of the trials that were just at hand the next day there was a great pageant in Washington. The roar of cannon and the toiling the tolling of bells filled the air, while many houses were shrouded with crepe. Well that's interesting. Um and the streets the streets were black with people. Crepe. um, I assume like crepe paper, like decorative crinkly paper. Um but it's not spelled the way like that I'm used to seeing it spelled. I'm used to seeing crepe paper spelled, I believe, similarly to the French pancake-like thing. Um, C-R-E-P-E, the crap, if you will. Wow, I can't believe I actually said that so well. Um, I do not normally say it that way. Um, But no, this is c r I don't know why. Um, maybe that's actually how the paper spelled, and I just always s- thought crepe paper was spelled like crepes for no reason. Um, as the day advanced, the procession made its appearance, coming slowly through the avenue, uh, carriage after carriage in a long succession, while thousands upon thousands followed on foot, all moving to the sound of melancholy music. They were bearing the dead body of Harrison to the grave from early in the morning i was constantly in the company of hamilton and brown they were the only persons i knew in washington we stood together as the funeral pomp passed by i remember distinctly how the window glass would break uh, and rattle to the ground after each report of the cannon they were firing in the burial ground we went to the capitol and walked a long time about the grounds in the afternoon they strolled towards the president's house which I think was not the White House at the time, but maybe it was, I can't remember. Um, all the time, keeping me near to them and pointing out various places of, inter- na- of interest. Now I'm going to have to look up when the White House was built. I remember it burned down at one point, or I think it burned down. Maybe it was during the Civil War. I don't know. I am I'm totally losing it now. <laughs> um. As yet, I had seen nothing of the circus. In fact, I thought of it but little, if at all, amidst the excitement of the day. My friends, several times during the afternoon, entered drinking saloons and called for liquor. They were by no means in the habit, however, so far as I knew them, of indulging to excess. Oh, they were no, uh, okay, they were by no means in the habit, however, so far as I knew them, of indulging to excess. There we go on these occasions after serving themselves they would pour out a glass and hand it to me i did not become intoxicated as may be inferred from what subsequently occurred towards evening and soon after partaking of one of these potations i began to experience most unpleasant sensations oh he was roofied Um, i felt extremely ill my head commenced aching a dull, heavy pain, inexpressibly disagreeable. At the supper table, I was without appetite. The sight and savor of food was nauseous. Hey! <laughs> so it uses the word nauseous, which is funny, because it uses it correctly. <laughs> the sight and flavor of food was nauseous. Nauseous actually means um, like something that makes you feel sick to your stomach or the description of something that would make you feel sick to your stomach. It does not mean sick to your stomach and it is frequently used wrong. And that is one of those things. If someone says, I feel nauseous, I'm not going to be like, you know, you mean you feel nauseated (laughs) or something? Uh, But yeah, nauseous is the, you know, that, um, you know, that food is nauseous or um, this boat is nauseous or, you know, the, the waving of the boat is nauseous, not the waving of the boat makes me nauseous. That is misusing the word. Um, It would be nauseated um, for when you're talking about the state in which you find yourself in, or the speaker finds themselves or a state which they are describing someone else being in. Um, So it's funny that this one actually uses it. And, um, I, I mean, I say that, like, I'm like judging the book for bad grammar. I'm not, you, several, several books have gone by. Right. And I've talked about grammar and I've always said the author can do what they want, whatever. It's all about, my comments are all about how the words roll off my tongue and sound coming out of my mouth, how I like saying them. It's not about saying that Agatha Christie did it wrong, or Solomon Northrup, or his editor, David, what's his face? I'm going to have to look that up so I can remember it later. Um, not saying that they did anything wrong. It's just they did it the way they did it, and I sound funny or I feel funny saying it. So. Um, I suppose I am referring to previous books, and for all I know, I have new listeners who haven't listened to my other books. By the way, feel free to do so, but um, I'll say more about that later. Um, okay. About dark, the same servant conducted me to the room I had occupied the previous night. Brown and Hamilton advised me to retire, commiserating me kindly and expressing hopes that I would be better in the morning. Divesting myself... To myself of coat and boots merely I threw myself upon the bed. It was impossible to sleep. The pain in my head continued to increase until it had become almost unbearable. In a short time I became thirsty, my lips were parched. I could think of nothing but water, of lakes and flowing rivers of brooks where I had stopped to drink or stooped to drink. yeah, stooped. and of the drink drinking of the dripping bucket rising with its cool and overflowing nectar from the bottom of the well. Towards midnight, as near as I could judge, I arose, unable to, or unable longer to bear such intensity of thirst. I was a stranger in the house and knew nothing of its apartments. There was no one up, as I could observe. Groping about at random, I knew not where I found the way at last to a kitchen in the basement two or three colored servants were moving through it one of whom a woman gave me two glasses of water it afforded momentary relief but by the time i reached my room again the same burning desire of drink the same tormenting thirst had again returned it was even more torturing than then it was even more torturing than before as was also the wild pain in my head if such a thing could be I was in sore distress, in most excruciating agony. Um, I seemed to stand on the brink of madness. The memory of that night of horrible suffering will follow me to the grave." In the course of an hour or more, after my return from the kitchen, I was conscious of someone entering my room. Someone is two separate words. Interesting. There seemed to be several, a mingling of various voices, but how many or who they were I cannot tell. Whether Brown or Hamilton were among them is a mere matter of conjecture. I only remember, with any degree of distinctness, that I was told it was necessary to go to a physician and procure medicine, and that pulling on my boots without coat or hat... I followed them through a long passageway or alley into the open street. It ran out at right angles from Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, On the opposite side, there was a light burning in a window. Uh, Maybe that was the president. The president's house was the White House. My impression is uh, there were then three persons with me, but it is altogether indefinite and vague and like the memory of a painful dream. Um, going towards the light, which I imagined proceeded from a physician's office and which seemed to recede as I advanced is the last glimmering recollection I can now recall from that moment. I was insensible how long I remained in that condition, whether only that night or many days at nights, I do not know. But when consciousness returned, I found myself alone in utter darkness and in chains. (laughs) the pain in my head had subsided in a measure but i was very faint and weak i was sitting upon a low bench made of rough boards and without coat or hat i was handcuffed around my ankles also were a pair of heavy fetters one end of a chain was fastened into a large ring in the floor and uh, the other to the fetters on my ankles. I tried in vain to stand upon my feet. Waking from such a painful trance, it was some time before I could collect my thoughts. Where was I? What was the meaning of these chains? Where were Brown and Hamilton? Uh, what had I done to deserve an imprisonment in such a dungeon? I could not comprehend." there was a blank of some indefinite period preceding my awakening in that lonely place the events of which the utmost stretched uh, stretch of memory was unable to recall i listened intently for some sign or sound of life but nothing broke the oppressive silence save the clinking of my chains whenever i chanced to move i spoke aloud but the sound of my voice startled me i felt of my pockets yeah, I felt of my pockets, so far as the fetters would allow, far enough indeed to ascertain that I had not only been robbed of liberty, but that my money and free papers were also gone. They did the, I- then did the idea uh, begin to break upon my mind? At first dim and confused that I had been kidnapped, but that i thought was incredible there must have been some uh, misapprehension some unfortunate mistake it could not be that a free citizen of new york who had wronged no man nor violated any law should be dealt with thus inhumanely the more i contemplated my situation however the more i became confident in my suspicions it was a desolate thought indeed i felt there was no trust or mercy in in unfeeling man and. Commending myself to the god of the oppressed bowed my head upon my fettered hands and wept most bitterly All right, thus ends chapter two Um, At this point I should say what I've been forgetting to say um, And or about this book and that is and I'll say it before the next episode and hopefully remember to at least like touch on it as I go um this book is about slavery. we we've figured that out. It's called 12 Years a Slave, right? Um, I'm going to consider it listener discretion advised. I'm not going to label it explicit um, because that that is a thing that you can do with a podcast, If in case you didn't know. I'm not going to label it explicit because um, it's... Uh, in, I don't know, because it's important. Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to have the warning. I'm definitely going to have it in the show notes. Like every time, like, you know, this book is a depiction of slavery. If that bothers you, don't listen. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I, I want it to bother people and I want you to listen anyway. And I want to read this anyway. It's going to be hard for me to read. I'm sure I, I, <laughs> I can almost guarantee. no, I can guarantee that that words will come up that I don't want to say, or at least multiple instances of a single word will come up that I don't want to say, and I don't know if I'm going to say it. It seems to me like this is about the only context in which I'd say it. Um, Did I mention this in the last book, or in the last episode? I think I might have. Um, But the mysterious affair at Styles had the word, and I was not comfortable saying it. I did not say it. it. As far as I... Think it's the only word in any of the books that I've read so far, and any of the you know the books, poems, etc. Um, that that I have not actually said. Um, if there were any, it was totally by accident. But I do, uh, if I notice that I've skipped words or something, or like mixed something up, I go back and I reread it correctly. Um. But uh, anyway. In The Mysterious Affair Styles, it was said casually and just part of the everyday lexicon in Britain of white people. Um, I think if I say it in future episodes here, it will be because... It, because I feel like it's important to say. I know I mentioned yesterday, I'm white. And it's not a word that is in my everyday vocabulary. I am very uncomfortable saying it. We'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes up. Maybe I'll skip it. Maybe I won't. Uh, Maybe I won't be able to do it. Um, It's at least important that you know what the word is as I say it and what is happening around the word, why the word is being said, and why it's a word that I'm uncomfortable saying. I will say a lot of words, not on this podcast. I want people to be able to listen to it. (laughs) I don't want to label this an explicit podcast. Um, I, I guess that's probably why, um, I would say, uh, they're not my words, so I'm not, uh, labeling it explicit. Um, but then again, I mean, I don't know if I, I, I don't, if I, for some reason, somehow read the autobiography of Quentin Tarantino, I don't even know if that exists and it's definitely not public domain. Um, but you know, if If I were reading something like that, I'm pretty sure it would be vulgar and I would definitely label it explicit, but it would also be gratuitous. Um, And that's kind of, you know, part of his thing. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, feel free to subscribe. Uh, I'm available on wherever, as I say, fine podcasts are not sold. Um, as far far as I know, every platform that, (laughs) you know, where you can load, subscribe to podcasts where you can load a podcast. Um, if you find one that I'm not available on, maybe let me know. Uh, you can reach out Twitter, uh, at reading poorly, uh, Gmail or email is reading comma poorly at gmail.com. That's spelled out. R E A D I N G C O M M A P O O R L Y at gmail.com. And, um, you know, let me know that, you know, you have this platform and, uh, uh, this is the one that you prefer, but, um, this podcast isn't available and I don't, don't know how you heard about it, but maybe a friend recommended it. That would be awesome. Recommend it to friends. Um, people, you know, <laughs> uh, I mention it occasionally to people I know. Um, I try not to be overly self-indulgent of <laughs> it's like, Oh, Hey, listen to me. Um, but you know, if you feel like it, um, but yeah, uh, you feel free to reach out if, uh, if I'm not on a platform that you would prefer that I be on, I can look into it and you know, maybe there's a, I, I know there was for, um, getting on Amazon music, there was a little bit of a process, but it wasn't hard. Um, so all I had to do was say, Hey, this is my podcast. Can you, can you host or not host, but can you list it? So, um, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, rate and review on iTunes or wherever else has ratings and reviews. Um, I think that's it. So thank you for listening, listening. Well, that's weird. Thank you for listening this long, (laughs) listening list long. Thank you for listening this long to me reading and generally speaking poorly.